Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big Sills! National Football Show. Welcome aboard. Hope your weekend was awesome. Hope your President's Day. And for some of you, a day off is going great. You know, I mean... It was one of the better sports weekends without the NFL. I can remember. Now, look, I didn't watch any of the NBA All-Star game. I watched some of the skill stuff. Okay, I did. But if the NBA guys don't care about the game, why should I? If they don't care, Kobe said it two years ago, this game needs to be revamped. And why would I care if the NBA guys don't care? So, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of like egotistical for the NBA. But then again, the NBA has been egotistical for the last couple of years. So let me get this right. And Tone, help me out if I'm wrong on this. So the NBA pulls the All-Star game out of Charlotte because they have tough laws against transgender, but move it to a city in Salt Lake City that has some of the most restricted rules on the planet for transgender people. I don't get it. Your messaging's lost. I don't get it. You, you, you pull it out of Charlotte and put it in one of the toughest cities in the country when it comes to rights to people. That's why I don't watch the NBA. Okay, that's why I don't watch it, because you pick and choose what you feel like covering, and then you use the sport as a political vehicle to beat us over the head with. Okay, but I did watch the XFL. I like the XFL. I thought they did a really great job. By the way, do you know where I spent my Friday night? I was just telling Tone. Um, I was at Crenshaw High School. And my wife had a rugby game there, and some of the high school kids were there. And one of the coaches came over and said, hey, could you speak to my, to my high school guys? We're over here watching, and we're, we're doing a camp here. And I said, absolutely. So there's Big Sills in South Central on Friday night. I posted it on my Twitter page. And I'm at Crenshaw High School. And I'm talking to all these kids. And, boy, great pride that they have. Daryl Strawberry went to school there, I believe. Ice-T went to school there. So I'm texting all these guys and telling them, hey, man, Big Sills is down here at Crenshaw High School. I had such a great time. What a great community. And by the way, I think Big Sills now may be doing some coaching for Crenshaw High School on Fridays and Saturday nights if they need any help. I go, hey, Coach Griffin, if you guys are short of man, let me know, man. I'll come up there and help you guys out. That was so cool to be part of that and to be rolling around there, Jackie Robinson stadium and just sitting there talking to some of the kids. That was really an honor for me to be there. Um, I see some of you guys talking about, yeah, Crenshaw in LA. 
in South Central. Big Sills was there on Friday night, man. I had such a great time. Such a great time. Atone asked me about Jim Leonard. I know some of you are asking about some of the candidates for defensive coordinator. Looks like that offensive coordinator is going to go to Brian Johnson. There is a ton of news. A ton of news. By the way, I'm going to give final grades out to the 2022 Eagle roster here in a second. And we'll do it together here. By the way, I also put down a list of the top free agents that Howie could maybe target. That's starting real soon. In about three weeks, free agency is going to start. Franchise tagging is going to start in a couple weeks. New Year's right around the corner. Hey, by the way, the Eagles may have a brand new defense. And for some of you today, the legendary Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Dungy will join us at 4.30. I will ask Tony Dungy if you can build a roster around a dual-threat guy. How many years would you give Jalen Hurts? So we are going to have at 4.30 Coach Dungy with us. By the way, we got a hell of a three-day run here. Seth's going to join us tomorrow at 3.30. And then Wednesday... At 4 p.m. Eastern time, the new head football coach of the Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich, is going to join us. That'll be 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Seth tomorrow at 3.30. Tony Dungy today at 4.30. And we welcome you aboard with us here. Appreciate you coming aboard with us now. All right. I'm going to say this to you. So I was reading some of Peter King's stuff, and Peter King said that the Eagles offered Jonathan Gannon more money to be the defensive coordinator than the head football coach at Arizona. Is that true? Why would the Eagles offer Jonathan Gannon more money than what the Arizona Cardinals offered him to be a head coach? I don't believe the story. I don't believe Jonathan Gannon. Maybe around? Why would so you're telling me the Eagles offered him seven million dollars? He's being paid seven and a half million dollars in Arizona to be new head football coach. You're telling me the Eagles are gonna pay him as much as Nick Sirianni? It's BS. No way. So wait a minute. Yale, I get the continuity. But wait a minute, Yale. You're going to pay him as much as Nick? Really? Guys, shit the bet in the Super Bowl. I don't believe the story. I, I don't believe it. You're going to pay him more money than Sirianni, or as much. Okay? But, okay, and someone goes, Brian goes, why would he lie about it? Brian, why would the Eagles pay that? Why would the Eagles pay that? Here, so let me pay $7 million for a defensive coordinator. He'd be the, he would triple the number of what coordinators make in the NFL. Coordinators in the NFL, they make around three and a half million bucks. They're going to pay him seven? I believe Nick Sirianni's getting a new contract. I think Nick's getting a new contract. If Jonathan Gannon is throwing that out, 
they're going to give Nick Sirianni more money in a couple more years on his current deal. That's kind of a precursor here, in my opinion. That kind of tells you a little bit where they are. See, giving Nick another couple, hey, his first two years, let me ask you this. Can I, can I, let's go here for a second. How many people think that Matt LaFleur is a good coach? By the way, let me show you something here. Hey, hey, and for the record, here, let's not use Matt LaFleur because he hasn't made a Super Bowl. Let's use Zach Taylor. How many people think Zach Taylor is a good head coach, the guy in Cincinnati? He's been to two straight AFC championship games. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's more accomplished than Sirianni. Where is he? Where is it Burrow? Matt LaFleur, great record. Is it Rodgers or him? How do you know if Nick's a good coach? Shit, Matt Nagy is a former NFL coach of the year. Two years later, he was fired. Wait wait a minute, Yale. How How do you know Nick's good? And it's not Jalen. How do you know? How do you know any of these guys are good? Hey, if you don't have the right signal caller, I don't give a shit what your name is or who you are. Look at Bill Belichick in New England. You think Bill's a good coach right now? Bill looks to me like Bill Belichick Cleveland. These coaches, in my opinion, getting big-time contracts, why? If you don't have the right quarterback or a quarterback, I don't care who you are. You could be the greatest coach and have the greatest resume like Bill Belichick and not have any success whatsoever. How do you know? So you're going to extend Nick Sirianni? I don't know. Why? Well, still, he's gone to the playoffs two years in a row. Dude, Matt LaFleur has an insane win percentage. Is he a good coach? I can't tell. Extend Nick for what? Why would I extend a guy that has no say in the building? He has no say on assistant coaches. You think Nick Sirianni's doing the interviews for offense and defensive coordinator? Is it Howie making it very evident to you? Why would you extend Nick Sirianni when Howie's doing all the heavy lifting? Doesn't that kind of go into the wind of wasted money? This is Howie's ball. This is his bat and ball. This ain't Nick Sirianni's bat and ball. You think he's actually going to have the final say on who the coordinators are? Come on, man. He's not going to have any say whatsoever. Well, he may have some input, but he ain't going to have any say. It's going to come down to the owner and the GM. Those two dudes are going to make the call. Nick's got some say. I'll, I'll say that to you. He's probably got some say. Okay? But why would you extend Nick Sirianni? What has he done? How he brought the guys in, how he hired the coaches, how he put the scheme together, how he put the defense together, how he how he drafted Jalen. What has Nick done to deserve a raise? Well, he's gone to the playoffs. Is that really him? Is that really him? Keith asks a great question. 
Well, who's a good coach then? The coach with the quarterbacks. How he likes him, that's not a reason for me to give a guy a contract extension. He fired Doug Peterson, my friends. Doug's a better coach. Doug went to another place. See, that's to me the sign of a really good coach. You can go to two places and win. Doug Peterson's at two different places and winning. Won a Super Bowl in Philly. Now he's down in Jacksonville and he's winning again. Andy Reid, same thing. Andy Reid was winning with Alex Smith. Not to the level he's winning now with Patrick Mahomes. Doug's a great coach. He's Nick. So you think Nick could go to Indianapolis and be the head coach and put that team in the playoffs? I don't think so. You think he can go to New Orleans? Not sure about that. So why would you extend him? Doug pushed back on Howie in 18? Yeah. Well, that's because he won a Super Bowl and he wanted some say in the building. All right, we'll continue more on this conversation. Don't forget, 4.30, Coach Tony Dungy will be with us, and we'll talk Jalen Hurts and Eagles with him. I want to do something here. I want to do the final grades of the year. And I did this last night. I went back and watched some games, especially the Super Bowl, the playoff games, last couple games. Obviously, the ones that Jalen didn't play in, I didn't watch. And what I did was, this is the season-ending grades. And where I'm going here, you walk into your head coach at the end of the year's office, and along with the general manager, and what they do is they give you a heads up on what they thought of your season and what is expected of you this coming season. For some people in the Eagle building, that conversation is not going to happen. There's going to be people moving on. And there's also going to be people that are going to be asked to step up. Every year you walk into your coach, when you clean out your locker, you go in and talk to your coach. Then you talk to the general manager. Then your agent follows up with the coach and with the general manager. Barry goes, let me hear your thoughts on Jim Leonard. I think he's aggressive. One of the guys that they're interviewing for defensive coordinator. Um, again, it, it, it's hard to get a thought on a guy and whether or not he fits until I know what's coming back. Barry. You could have Jim Johnson, but if you don't have the personnel to fit the scheme, what what do we, like, watch this. Vance Joseph, you know how people keep talking about him? Why would the Eagles even entertain Vance Joseph when he failed with Hassan Reddick in Arizona? And he's been really suspect as a coordinator, in my opinion. He's a 34 guy. The Eagles have no linebackers in that building. Maybe a Tampa 2 guy could save the Kobe Dean or elevate Kobe Dean, however you want to look at it. But at second glance, Vance Joseph, I have no interest in him. I don't think he's a good coordinator. I think he's a suspect coordinator. Okay? I think he's a suspect. Peter, did you have a super chat? Hey, um, Tone, if I missed the super chat, please put it back up there. Um, I, I, I personally look at Vance Joseph. I don't see it. I don't see where he fits in. Sirianni's a great coach. 
and he is young birds. Okay. Um, Hey, I don't know if he's a good coach or not. I saw Ray Rhodes win a coach of the year award in Philadelphia. They fired his ass too. I don't know if he's a good coach. Okay. Lotus, appreciate you coming in from San Francisco, one of my favorite areas in the country. He's a great coach so far. Really? I don't know about great coach. How can you tell? All the coaches that have been hired are all Howie's guys. He had nothing to do with the coordinators that were just hired to become head coaches. He had nothing to do with them. He had say, but no final decision. All right, let's go in here. I want to do the 2022 final grades here. And organizations do this with all their players. Let's start on the defense. You tell me if you think I'm in the room with what you're saying. Okay? Brandy Graham, I gave him a B. I thought he showed leadership. I thought he showed the eagle way. I thought they limited his snaps, but he was very productive. In my opinion, this is one of the better years that Brandon Graham has had with the Eagles. And get this, they reduced his role. I really enjoyed him this year on the Eagles. I enjoy him around the locker room. I I enjoy how he communicates with everybody in the community. I'm a big fan, okay? Lotus, thank you so much, my friend. I gave Brandy Graham a B. And I would love to have him back. By the way, I highlighted all the ones that are free agents. Obviously, he's one of them. Love it. Brandy Graham, I gave him a B. Fletcher Cox. I gave a C plus two. At 32 years of age, I thought he had a rocky first half of the season. But I thought the last eight games of the year, and actually, would this be fair? I thought since Pittsburgh, I thought that Fletcher picked his game up and was more productive. From Pittsburgh on when they got Joseph, and they got a Dominic and Sue. I gave him a C plus. And by the way, what we're doing here is we're giving final grades to the 2022 Philadelphia Eagle roster. I gave Fletcher a C plus. And 32 years of age, do I think he goes somewhere else? He'll probably become somebody like a Dominic and Sue chasing a ring. That's okay. He'll be welcome back in the building. He will. I thought Fletcher had it. Had a really good second half. I, I thought he was a little bit washed up in the first half of the season. Javon Hardgrave, what grade would you give him this year? And by the way, I heard the guys on Sports Take talking about him. Hey, friends, he's going to command about $16 million. He makes 12.9 now. He's going to command $16 million. So know that he's going to command that much. What grade would you give Javon Hardgrave? Let me give you my assessment of his season. William says, hey, Brian says, hey, I think he is a very average run stopper. 
I do think he was the Eagles' best interior lineman. Um, his 11 sacks were spectacular. Okay? they When you get 11 sacks from an interior player, um, it's really a fantastic job and a great year. And he did it in a free agency year. Dan, would you hire Jim Tomasula or Jared Mayo to be the D.C.? I want to know what the personnel is. 85. I got to know what the personnel is. Thomas Sula's a 34 guy. I agree with you guys. I think Javon Hardgrave had a B season. And I think he was really good this year. Um, I don't think he really had a great Super Bowl. I thought he played well in the playoffs. I watched his uh, game. He was great in the Pittsburgh game. I think his run stopping is C plus. His pass rushing. Plus, remember something about Hardgrave. He's better in a one technique than he is in a two technique. And if you bring a 34 guy in, a three three down D line, four linebackers, that means you're going to have to go in free agency and get a ton of linebackers. And you better have three horses up front to play that 34. And I don't think the Eagles have the horses to play a 34. Now, I think a 34 fits Hassan Reddick better than being in the 43. But to me, I think Hardgrave, I think he really did a great job in a one technique, and I thought he did a great job pass rushing. What about Josh Sweat? What do you think, Josh Sweat, the year he had? What grade would you give Josh Sweat this year in 2022, the season he had? I gave him a B. I think he improved his game. Now, RJ, I'll say this to you. I thought he rockied it a little bit too much for me in the beginning of the year. I thought he was going like this. He was up and down a little bit in the first half of the season. But as the season went on, I thought Josh Sweat picked his game up and proved to me he could be a three-down lineman. Okay? I didn't really think he was a three-down lineman. And as the year finished... I went away going like this. Maybe the most improved guy outside of Milton Williams has been Josh Sweat. I think Josh Sweat had a pretty good season this year, and I really like his future with the Eagles. I think he could develop into being somebody like the guy down in Carolina, the guy um, uh, the guy Burks. I think he could develop into something like that. I don't know if he could be as productive as that, but I think he can – I think he could – develop into something good. I gave him a B. What about Kaiser White? He's also a free agent. Grade would you give him? Kaiser White is a tackling machine. Thought he got beat a couple times late in the year. I thought he got worn out a little bit at the end of the season too. I thought we started seeing him get a little bit worn out. My only problem with Kaiser White, he's a little undersized. But folks, the guy behind him is even more undersized. Nicobe Dean's a small dude. And do you think that Nicobe Dean, see, here's, here's what I don't like, the conversation we're going to have here. You could probably get Kaiser White for $5 million. I think that's worth keeping him. Because I'm not sure that Nicobe Dean can play. I don't, I don't know if he can replace the production. I have not seen it. Do I call N'Kobe Dean a bust? 
No, but I'll tell you this. He's got bust traits in him. Same thing with Jordan Davis. I'm not calling them a bust, but there's some traits that you're seeing. Lazy with Davis, plays high, gets knocked off the ball, was a non-factor in the second half of the season. The Kobe Dean was no factor, never saw the field, and didn't even really play that well in special teams. They've got traits. I'm not calling them a bust. But they got traits there for it. Something to keep an eye on as you go into the mini camps. And when you get ready for free agency, are you going to address the linebacker position? Or are you going to go into the draft? Remember something. If you guys are going to pay the quarterback the money that's being thrown around, you're going to have to get awful young on defense. And by the way, the Eagle roster, if you start paying Jalen Hurts, will be one-sided. It'll be an unbalanced roster. All your money's on offense. And very little of your money's on defense, which means this. You're going to have to get young and lucky. You're going to have to be young and lucky. Look, Look at Kansas City. Kansas City has one big player and one big price tag and Chris Jones at $20 million. The rest of those guys are all free agents and rookies. And guys are not paying a ton of money to. Get used to that. Get used to that. You're not going to have the same roster. Even the guys today were addressing it going, wow, this team's going to look completely different. That's why I said it to you last week. The 49ers have the better roster than any team right now in the NFC. And it's not close. The Eagles are not close to the 49ers right now. Not close. Not close. They don't have decisions to make at linebacker with Fred Warner or Nick Boza or the safety or Trent Williams or Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel. See Batman go like this? It's not true. He he thinks the Eagles have a better roster right now when you have 16 free agents. That's being blinded by your loyalty to your team. Javon Hardgrave is not an Eagle right now. Um, Brandon Graham's not. Fletcher Cox isn't. Kaiser White's not. Edwards isn't. Bradbury isn't. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's not. Sanders isn't. Sayomalo's not. But he thinks you have the same roster as the 49ers. It's not logical. It's not logical. Sayomalo's not an eagle anymore. It's going to be up to you if you want to bring him back. Okay? Sayomalo's not coming back. He's going to command $14 million in the open market. He's going to get $70 million. Maybe north of that. Maybe north of that. Edwards, I gave a B. By the way, I gave a C plus to Kaiser White. Okay? Huh. Look at Tyler. 40 winers are trash. Depending on what you bring back on defense, I'd get ready for your trash pail too. I'd get ready for your trash pail. Remember what I showed you last week? If you allow Jalen Hurts 
to make the $4 million that he's going to make this coming season, and you paid everyone else to run it back, it would cost you $223 million of a $224 million salary cap with only paying Hertz $4 million. It's not logical to think that you have the money to pay all those people plus Hertz. Wait a minute, Batman. Did you hear what I just said? If you paid everybody raises in market value, it would cost you $223 million to bring the entire team back intact. That's paying Hertz $4 million. Say you want to restructure. Who are you restructuring? Lane? Okay. You're going to restructure a 32-year-old corner? You're actually going to give Darius Slay $10 million of his base, $18 million? You think that guy's got another year in him? I don't. He was falling apart at the end of the season. I would trade his ass in the offseason. I would trade Darius Slay in the offseason. Get rid of him while you can. Don't pay him. Watch this. Here's the mistake that you'll make if you give and restructure Darius Slay's deal. If you restructure Darius Slay's deal, you're getting into a position where you wasted money and the player came back and had a bad year. That's how you don't make the playoffs. He's making decisions like that. Not saying how he will. I say you trade Slay. TJ Edwards, I think he had a B year. There's going to be a market for Edwards, especially people who want interior linemen to have to stop the run. And if I were people like Minnesota, Carolina, um, the Packers, the Jets, the Browns, TJ Edwards is going to have a market for that. He's not a great cover guy. He's not a great cover guy. But he's going to command at least seven. Someone's going to overpay for TJ Edwards. Makes a million bucks. Wait, you think he's going to come back for the Eagle two million? Come on, man. Hassan Reddick had an A. After a shaky start, to say the least, he finished up with an A and was a force in the playoffs. And you can make the conversation that he was the MVP in the playoffs. Vernon says, so what you're saying, we shouldn't pay Hurts. What would you do? Um, I'm going to get to that here in a minute. I'll talk about Jalen. I got the topics here still to be played. I'm giving this out here. Hang on. I'm going to get to Jalen. I think Bradbury had a B plus. He's gone. Gardner Johnson's not coming back. I don't care what anyone on our network or in Philadelphia thinks. He ain't coming back. You know why? Do you know what they're projecting his market value to be? $16 million. He makes $830,000. He's not coming back for anything but top dollar. You're not paying him $16 million. You're not. Bradbury's gone. You got an aging sleigh. You got a tough decision to make there because to me, I'd rather keep Bradbury and CJ and trade Slay and draft a rookie. That's what I would do. Dude, CJ Gardner Johnson is going to command enormous money with enormous suitors. Hey, don't be shocked if you see him in Jacksonville. Remember something. 
go around the room with all the teams that have quarterbacks. Watch this. I could see C.J. Gardner-Johnson in San Francisco. They got the money. San Francisco could grab Gardner-Johnson. Shit. San Francisco could grab pretty much anybody on your list here. They could grab Sayamalu. They're not paying the quarterback. San Francisco will be a player. San Francisco, look at this. Um, Mr. Rudy, you're dead wrong. San Francisco has a ton of money. You're paying $1 million for Trey Lance. You're paying $900,000 for Brock Purdy. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. He's gone. You're paying... You're you're paying right now $2 million for the quarterback position. Two. Two million. Blankenship, I think he had a C year. Thought he was good. Darius Slay, I thought he had a B. He's going to command enormous money on the open market, too. Um... On the offensive side, let's start with the right tackle. Lane Johnson had the highest grade, in my opinion, of any Eagle this past season. He was A-plus. Outside of missing a couple games because of the injury, he was spectacular. He's the best football player on the team. Lane's an absolute beast. He is a great ball player. Sam Allo had a B. He will command $14 million. That's low, too. He's going to get $70 million. You can't do this. Watch this. Watch this. You can't go like this. I'm going to pay Malata $15 million, Lane $18 million, Jason Kelsey $10 million, $15 million to your right guard, and then turn around and go, well, I'm going to give my quarterback 50 My tight end makes 15 and my wide receiver makes 20 How are you paying for backups in your defense? You can't. It's impossible, and you won't. Say Amato's 30. He's so young for an offensive lineman. That guy's got 12 years in him. Say Amato is so young. Kelsey had an A year. I pray he comes back. What a great football player. I think Landon Dickerson had a B-plus year. Great year for the kid. Thought he got nicked up a little bit, but he was a force this year. I thought Milata had a B year. And the first half of the season when he got hurt, I think it was the Jets game that he got hurt in that, that um, exhibition game. I thought that hampered him for about 10 games. I thought he came on towards the end of the season. Dallas Goddard, if he doesn't get hurt, would have been an A. He had a B year. Really, only reason that he didn't get an A was because he got hurt fantastic season by him though he's a force Quez Watkins D plus he sucks out loud I need a new number three the Eagles are horrible at the three position there with Quez Watkins he sucks Devontae Smith rolled into an A here I thought he was a little bit light in the numbers midway through the season but he really picked it up towards the end of the year had over 90 catches a year A.J. Brown, absolutely a year. 
I thought he was great. Little little disappearing act in the divisional and the NFC Championship game. Showed up in the Super Bowl. I thought he was really a great football player. I would say this to you. He could he could have been the best trade in the offseason of any player. He was really great. Sanders, B+. Plus. I hated his postseason. I hated even giving him a B plus. He was terrible in the postseason. He was just he was just terrible, terrible in the uh, postseason. But his year was a B plus, twelve thirty nine or whatever it was, um, for the season. The thirteen touchdowns, eleven touchdowns that he had rushing. I thought he was fantastic. He had a great year, and now to Jalen Hurts. What would you give Jalen's year? Missed two games. Wasn't very good down the stretch. Wasn't very good in the playoffs. Super Bowl, he was spectacular. The NFC playoffs, he was terrible. Um, how do you think he played? I think he was an A, too. I think Hurts had an A season. And that's going to lead us into our topic here. I think he had an A year. I think one of the most important things that you could do is look at how he progressed, how the team progressed around him, how everyone around him had career years. A.J. Brown, career year. Devontae Smith, career year. Dallas Goddard was on his way to having a career year. Miles Sanders had a career year. Now, I'll say this to you. Is he a product of having so many great players around him? Yes. But at the end of the day, what's he supposed to do? Not utilize him? Because I'll say this to you. Joe Burrow is by far more accomplished in his two years starting. Is it two and a half? I think it's two and a half years. Burrow's more accomplished, okay? He's more accomplished. and But still, is he a product of having great players around him? Tone says, Jalen gets an A for me, MVP runner-up, All-Pro, NFC chip in his pocket, Super Bowl berth. A lot of distance traveled, absolutely. Absolutely, all that is A, absolutely. Remember something, Burrow's been to two conference championship games in the last two years. Been to a Super Bowl himself. Okay, so Jalen has not that accomplished yet. And they both came out in the same draft. So we've got to go there with that. Now, one's the first pick overall and the other's a second rounder. Like Tone just said, Jalen's had a – he's had a longer road to have to travel to get to where he is compared to Burrow. Burrow, you're getting that job. Then again, too, the Eagles handed that job to him. He never earned it. They handed it to him, but it was the right decision. Burl didn't earn that job. They handed it to him. So you fulfill what they're thinking you to become, and you become it. It was the right choice. I'm not saying it wasn't by the Eagles. Okay? I'm not saying it. Was Joe Montana a product of Notre Dame? So wait a minute. Richie. Montana won a Super Bowl without Jerry Rice. What are you talking about? 
And name me one guy on that offense at Notre Dame that won the national championship with Joe. Name me one. Haven Moses? Who? You can't name one guy. Pete Demerell? Off that Notre Dame offense. Vegas Ferguson? Montana won that first Super Bowl with Freddie Solomon as his wide receiver and Burt Cooper and Wendell Tyler. Joe's a different breed. I wouldn't go there. Okay? There was no Roger Craig or Jerry Rice in the backfield with Montana. Montana made those guys. It was Joe the whole way. Okay? It was Joe the whole way. Now you ask yourself this most important question. Is Jalen a $50 million a year guy? I say absolutely not. Some of you are going to go, well, that's the market. Well, then the market is what tears teams apart. All the quarterbacks, when they sign these deals, 90% of them, I looked it up, 90% of them end up taking your roster apart. You either deal them or the quarterback doesn't pan out. But you're gambling that he is as good as Patrick Mahomes. Hey, I'll say this to you. We're going to find out a little bit about Joe Burrow, too. When you pay Joe Burrow $50, $60 million, we're going to find out when T. Higgins or Jamarcus Chase is no longer on that team. You know, they're talking about cutting Joe Mixon. He's the first to go, you know. Joe Mixon just signed a brand-new contract a year ago. They're going to cut him in the offseason. You know why? They got to make room for Burrow. Just like with your story. Do you believe, how many people, and Tone, you chime in on this. How many people believe that Jalen Hurts could take a team, take that Chiefs team to the Super Bowl with no receivers and a tight end and no running back and a suspect O-line? I don't. Because that's what you could have one day. I'm going to make a point to you here. Jalen Hurts in the roster he has right now or had in 2022 will be the best roster he's ever had in his career. And I'll, and I'll give you context. And I'll give you context. Don't tell me if I'm right or wrong on this one. Well, when Russell Wilson was early in his career, he had Marshawn Lynch. He had a great O-line. He had the Legion of Boom. He had Michael Bennett. He, he had all those great linebackers when they paid him. The roster fell apart. It was never the same. Jalen Hurts will never have the same roster that he has now or what he had last year. He'll never. You'll never have that collection of guys. The league does not allow that. It's nothing to do with Jalen, and it's nothing to do with the Eagles. It's the league. This is how the league operates. Okay? That's why when you find a guy like Mahomes, where you can – can you – okay, so Jalen loses A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders. 
and Devontae. Because Devontae's better than Juju Smith-Schuster. You would have a bunch of Zach Pascals and Quez Watkins and Travis Kelsey. That's who Jalen would have and half the old line. Can he win a Super Bowl like that and carry a team? I don't think he can. I don't think dual threat quarterbacks can do that. You know why? Guy in Baltimore can't. And he, whatever you think of the guy in Baltimore, you may think Jalen's better. He ain't that much better. If you do think he's better, he can't do it. Jalen's better than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is pretty accomplished for a player. MVP, unanimous. Only Manning and him. Took a team to a 14-2 record. Has actually beaten Mahomes. Okay? Chiefs were, get this, a lesser team and won more games. And a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. Without Honey Badger. They had to get rid of those two guys. Honey Badger was commanding $20 million. They said no. The guy in Miami wanted $25 million. They said no. They were the lesser of the last three years and won a Super Bowl still. And beat a better roster. You know why? Because the quarterback's better than you. And that's not a... Sh- There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. Mahomes does that to everybody. This guy is putting a Hall of Fame resume together. There's no shame in that. I mean, like, he could be the modern-day Brady. It's a pretty big statement, but he's putting a resume together where people are going, wow, man, this guy, he's 25 years old, he's 27 years old, and he's done all this already? Dude, he's almost put a Hall of Fame resume together already. Chiefs have a great roster. Really, take Chris Jones off. See the truth? He's lying. They have a linebacker, Chris Jones, two rookies at corner. One rookie safety. A free agent linebacker. They got one guy on defense. I don't know about you. Tone, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't both Eagle receivers have over 100 yards in the game against those rookie corners? Wouldn't like they killed them. Ask yourself this. 50 million. If Joe, so Joe Burrow, is Joe Burrow 50 million? Yeah. Because he's a better quarterback. My problem with here, you know, here's my problem with Joe Burrow. Seals, are you gonna give Joe Burrow 50 million? Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna give him 50 million, but he's had some injuries and it bugs me and it worries me. Long-term contract for a guy who's had surgery and you know, been banged up. Organization hasn't been able to protect them. Am I going to use that against him? You're damn right I'm going to. Dude, you've been very good the last two years. You've been great. Two AFC championship games, an AFC title, a Super Bowl, all of that. Everything we thought you were, you are. But you have been hurt. 
Jalen Hurts is not on Joe Burrow's level as a passing quarterback at all. Not close. Anything near it. Never will be. It's not who he is. He's in the conversation of Lamar Jackson. Marshall. That's what made the Patriots consistent. Brady wasn't breaking the bank, so you have a point, bro. Marshall. But remember something here, okay? And it's true. You're right, Marshall. Brady was never the highest paid player in the history of his career in New England. He started making all of his huge money when he was with the Buccaneers. He was always like a lower. And by the way, he restructured his contract, Marshall, to a point where this year his base salary was $25 million. They front-ended the contract. Okay? And right here, smoke goes, his growth is a factor. Well, how are you going to grow when you're taking players away from him? How is he going to continue to grow? That's the special key in Kansas City with, and by the way, he's also got another factor in Kansas City, Mahomes. Andy Reid. Your play callers in Philly are not the best. RPO is not an offense. You know why it doesn't matter if Brian Johnson or whomever is the coordinator? Because it's going to be up to Jalen. RPO is decision-making by the quarterback. It's not a play call. There hasn't been – you know why they took the play-calling duties away from Nick? They didn't need him. The reason Nick Sirianni's not a play caller is because RPO's not play calling. It's Jalen's decision-making that makes that offense work. Not how, – how, how is this think – about, think about it for a second here. So when he comes out, right, Tone? He snaps the ball, and he's reading the safety or the linebacker or the end. What do you think, like, Steichen's in his ear on whether to pull it or throw it? Or – Block and release on the tide. You think that has been called in the huddle? That's not RPO. RPO gives the decision to the quarterback to make that split decision on the play. The success of the play has nothing to do with the sideline. Now, the structure and the framework of the offense having to have trust in Jalen. Jalen has built up equity on the sideline. Why? Because he's winning. That's why they can trust him like that. That's why the owner goes, he's really proven pretty much everything. This is, this is how he's dream. Can I tell you why this is how he's dream? Uh, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, doesn't matter who's on the sideline, especially offensively. It doesn't matter. Look at this stupid-ass comment by the truth. Yeah, in, in like seven years, almost consecutively, Steve Young led the NFL in completion percentage. Okay? Seven years. When he left the game, he had the number one completion percentage of any quarterback in NFL history. That's not who that guy is. It's not facts comparing him to Steve Young. And by the way, Steve Young didn't last, my friend. He left the game because of a concussion. Because of... Dual threat. Steve Young as a starter. How many years? Hey, 49er. How many years did Young start as a starter in San Francisco? Seven? 
Was it seven? Not a high window, not a high ceiling for dual threat. Jalen ain't playing 10 years. You should put that into your conversation here when you're talking 50 million. He's going to miss games. He has already. Is he a $50 million guy with lesser talent? That's the fundamental question you ask yourself. And paying a guy just to pay him? Congratulations, you're the Cowboys. You're the Cowboys. Well, you got to pay Dak. Remember all the media people? Pay Dak, pay Dak. Well, they did. Now look at the Cowboys. Is he a $50 million guy with lesser players? Oh, and a lesser defense. You're not getting three and outs anymore. That's completely, you're not, you're not bringing back the number two defense in the NFL. Shit, man. CJ and Bradbury, gone. Your linebacking core, gone. Hardgrave, gone. Because you're paying the guy. Now, if you're not paying, Hurts, different story. Seals, we're going to restructure. How he's going to work his magic. No, he's not. How he worked his magic for only one reason. Jalen gave you an MVP year at a $1.4 million salary. Same reason why Brock Purdy got the Niners into the NFC title game. Made nine hundred grand. You're not paying a quarterback. You've got all them great talented players around him. The league hates the Niners and the Eagles. They don't want all that collection of talent. God forbid the player plays like... Dude, the front office in New York on Park Avenue probably should have break. Jalen played runner-up MVP, making 1.4 million bucks, and you just saw a guy in Vegas cut who makes $42 million. The quarterback market takes a hit when you see this. Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. It takes a hit because, what? well, if I had Jimmy Garoppolo making $25 million, can I get to a Super Bowl and win it? Yeah. Or you, the only way, the only way the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, hey, why do you think the Eagles lost the Super Bowl? Is this fair to say, Tone, do you agree with this? The only reason that the Eagles aren't champions is because you ran into that guy. If it was any other player, possibly Burrow, because their defense is better, possibly Burrow, it took that guy to beat that roster. Dude, no other guy's beating that roster. That Eagle roster is as great a roster going into a Super Bowl as I've seen in a long time. Look at the truth goes, Jalen outplayed Mahomes. He did. He, he threw for more yards in 2021 too. So according to the truth, he'd rather have Jalen than Mahomes. Case closed. Some people can't be spoken to because they don't want to hear it. Quarterback knows, I don't have to throw for 350 yards when I can run for 180 yards on you. Kansas City, the last two games against the Truths Eagles, 
ran for 360 yards. They didn't have to throw it. They dominated you on the ground and stopped your run game. If you look, they basically took the 2021 game plan and beat you with it. Jalen threw for like 350 yards in that game. Okay. Mahomes threw for 277, three touchdowns. And they ran the ball for 200 yards. That's because the coach on the sideline knows what he's doing. Can you imagine, hey, just think of this. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes on the Eagles? 1,200 yard back. I I don't know the last time. When's the last time he had a thousand yard back? Was it Kareem Hunt? I don't even know if he was there yet. Had he been dealt to Cleveland then? Could you imagine Mahomes on the Eagles with those wideouts to tight end, the running game, the old line? Could you imagine Joe Burrow in Philly? Oh my God. Joe Burrow in Philly with that old line, you couldn't touch him? Lane hasn't given up a sack? Holy cow. Now, again, I'll ask you the crazy, I'll ask you the crazy question. Is Jalen Hurts the quarterback that can lead your team to a Super Bowl win with lesser talent than what you've had this year? Yes or no? I say no. Can he win a Super Bowl with a lesser team? Marshall says, I think it all comes down if Hertz wants to be paid and have a great career. It's the ultimate decision, winning career or highest paid quarterback. Marshall, I think he wants to win. I think he's going to be, I don't, I'm not going to say team friendly, but I think he's going to be open-minded if that means anything. I don't believe Jalen Hurts can lead this. that same team. Yes. Yes, that same, he has a lesser team, a completely new defense. I don't, I do not. I do not believe that Jalen Hurts can lead a lesser Eagle team to a Super Bowl win. I do not. And I say this because you want to pay him 50. And that's the question. Pay a market price, rip your team in half, be a lesser team like Russell Wilson had, win games, but never the game. And there you have it. Remember something, the year Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl, he was on his rookie contract. It was never the same after that. And he went to the Super Bowl and it's still his rookie contract the next year. Once he got paid, all bets were off. I don't think, I don't think CJ's leaving. Chris thinks that what's his name's going to pay Gardner Johnson seventeen million dollars while he's paying Slay eighteen. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Russell Wilson was on rookie contracts when he went to those back-to-back Super Bowls. His roster was never the same after that. Lost Marshawn Lynch. You lost Bennett. You lost Cam Chancellor. Then you lost Richard Sherman. Before you know it, 
ran out of gas. That's why he's in Denver. It ran out of gas. Look, I'm asking you. Do Hey, watch this. Do I think they're going to pay him? I do. But you're going to have a lot of un... Here, this is what the Eagle defense is going to look like. Here's, here's my prediction. A lot of free agents and a lot of rookies will be on that defense next year. Especially if you pay the kid. If you pay Hurts, free agents and rookies will be on that defense. And it will go from 2 to 15. Maybe down lower. Not going to have the same corners. Your safety position is going to be changed. Your linebackers, and you got to count on Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis. Okay. All this is going to catch up here. Eventually, it was going to catch up. Too many guys were making no money. You understand that? Too many guys were making no money. Gardner Johnson making no money. Bradbury, undervalue. Kaiser White, TJ, all these guys under market value, all had great years. Okay? Wrong on Hurts the whole year. I said he'd get hurt, and he wouldn't throw for 4K. All that planned out. And I said he'd get to the Super Bowl. Right all year. Don't forget, 430, Tony Dungy's going to join us. We'll talk to him about Jalen Hurts. Also, I got some free agents to target. This is Howie's forte. I'm going to throw some names at you. Hour two, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. 
And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Tony Dungy at the bottom of the hour. We will talk to the Hall of Fame coach. Get his thoughts on Jalen Hurts. Get his thoughts on Super Bowl 57 going into free agency. I'll ask him about dual threat quarterbacks. We'll get his opinion. That'll be Tony Dungy at 4.30 Eastern time. By the way, just a programming note. I mentioned it in the first hour. Tomorrow, Seth Joyner at 3.30 And then on Wednesday, we will have the new head football coach and former OC with the Eagles, Frank Reich, at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We will talk with him and get his thoughts on Jalen Hurts. We'll get his thoughts on whether or not they're going to bring Carson Wentz down. They need a quarterback in Carolina. Are they going to draft a guy? Okay. So we will talk with Coach Dungy at the bottom of the hour. Real quick, I want to throw this out there to you about the Eagles. And the core guys on offense, at least, they don't have any core guys on defense. Zero. There's no core guys. What core? Josh Sweat? Okay. There's not a guy on that defense you drafted that's a core dude that you're going to build a defense around. Josh is your best guy. Milton Williams could develop into something. But there's nothing on defense. Zero. You haven't drafted anything, really. That's not how he's forte. He's not very good at edge rushers. He's not good at corners. He's not good at linebackers. He has to get all those guys in trades or free agency. He's never. It's a fact. That's his history. It's not an opinion. It's fact. But on the offensive side, look at the skilled guys here. Hertz, 24. Gainwell, 23. I think they bring him back. Goddard, 28. AJ, 25. Smith, 24. 
Landon Dickerson, um, Jordan Malata. Okay, I think they have a lot of guys on that side that are young and you could build, but your team is lopsided now roster-wise. You got mercenaries on that side of the ball. Hassan Reddick was, he's a hired mercenary. The linebacking core, TJ was a free agent. Kaiser White was a free agent. Bradbury was a free agent. Slay was a trade. I mean, there's really nothing on that side of the ball. They've got to build that side up. And they haven't. But they've done a nice job on the offensive side. Okay? They've done a nice job. There's a lot of young... Because I think you've got to... Like, you have to have a core group of dudes. Then you fill it in with free agency. But see, that's how he's forte. And you know what? I'm wondering... And again, guys, maybe building your team through free agency is the way to go. Look at the Rams. The thing that Howie has over the Rams, how he got away with paying these guys. Because watch this. They paid an arm and a leg to get Von Miller on a trade from Denver to help them win a Super Bowl. You guys ended up getting Hassan Reddick, who's going on his third team after teams had let him walk out the building. You basically got the same in Von Miller and Hassan Reddick. What the Rams got. Now, the Rams won it. I get it. Okay? But watch this one, too. Darius Slay. Isn't that like Jalen Ramsey? But look at what the Rams have to do. The Rams have to get rid of Jalen Ramsey. Okay? They have to get rid of Jalen Ramsey. He's going to be a free agent out there. They're going to cut him. They may cut him because of the money they gave him. Remember something. Hey, Tone, am I right? Wasn't it three first-rounders they gave the Jags to get Jalen Ramsey? Or was it two first-rounders, something like that? Man, they gave a treasure chest up to get Jalen Ramsey in that building in Los Angeles. They gave a boatload up for him. Okay? Dan, what do you think of Leonard from Wisconsin? I don't really know what the D coordinator is going to have as an impact on your team until I see... What team you have? You don't have a defense right now. How he's got to I, look. I think they're going to get the coaching staff in order, and how he's going to have a vision of what he wants to see. But a guy like Leonard, how do you know? How do you know if he's even going to fit? The Jags shipped Ramsey West in exchange for a first-round pick in each of the 2020 and 21 NFL drafts, as well as a fourth-round pick in the 21 draft. Man, that's a lot for a corner. It was worth it. It delivered a Super Bowl. Oh, and Marina, that's why they're going to maybe have to cut Ramsey. By the way, do you understand? March 12th, I think. March 12th. Hey, I will say this before we move on because I got a list here. I want to put this out there because I called the NFL Players Association Hey, guys, do you think it's going to be a complete disaster if Bradbury leaves? I want to make sure. You guys think it's going to be a complete disaster if Bradbury leaves? Here, here it is. Do you know what your compensation pick will be for Bradbury? 
a third rounder. I'm okay with that. Wait a minute. Because it's it goes with percentage of the salaries. You're going to get a compensation pick for CJ also. If CJ's at the higher end of a team, get this, of a team giving him high-end money, okay? Okay, if you if you lose Bradbury, you're going to get a third. You may get another third for CJ. You could have two threes. Okay, TJ's probably going to get you a fifth, sixth, white, less seventh. Um, say Amalo may get you a third, another one, especially if he gets seventy-five million dollars. CJ's not staying. You're not paying him $17 million. And he ain't taking a haircut. He gave you the haircut last year. Don't forget, Tony Dungy, 430 Eastern. Okay, so let me ask you. So a guy like CJ, CJ Davis, why again is Gardner Johnson staying? So you believe that how he's going to pay $17 to $18 million for him. Then he's going to pay $17 million for Hardgrave. So obviously you think Bradbury's automatically gone because he's already said he's not taking a haircut. He's going to command about $14 million. Do you, you, you're going to pay C.J. Gardner-Johnson $18 million. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and your other corner makes eighteen, And you're paying $18 million for safety. How'd that work out with Jamal Adams in Seattle? Paying a guy $20 million. 15? Uh-uh. You're under value. I saw the market values. They're going to say that he's going to make between 16 and $18 million in the open market, CJ Garner Johnson. And he guy comes in with 15. Why would I stay? Well, it's $2 million less, and you're not on a very good team right now. Gardner Johnson comes back to that Eagle team. And the way that it's going to be taken apart, why would I come back to that? You're not coming back to the same corners. You're not even coming back to the same coordinator. Why would I come back? Tone's right. They're not paying $16 million for a safety. A <laughs> safety? They'll go in the draft and get a guy. $16 million for a safety. Yeah. Oh my God. This is crazy. How some people think 16 million for a safety. Really? Because safeties are worth 16 to $20 million. Like who? <laughs> like who? Who? What's safety? I'm with you, Tone. I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson's really good. I think he's a tough hitter. I'd love to have him. But somebody's going to pay for him, man. You know who's going to – you know you know a team's going to pay for a guy like C.J. Gardner-Johnson? The Jags. And you would go, why the Jags? Because they got a quarterback on a rookie deal. They can afford it. 
The Jags can do that. They can, anybody that has a good quarterback that you're not paying right now, those are the teams to look at. You're going to get fleet. By the way, how do you know the Colts and the Cardinals are not going to pop up and jump on some of the guys that they know because they were in the locker room? Or how about Frank in Carolina? Or how about Doug in Jacksonville? I love how people in Philly go, well, he'll come back. That's not, they're not loyal to you. How many people think the guys that are free agents are loyal to the Eagles? I don't think one of them is. Except Brandon Graham. I think Brandon Graham. The rest of them? Think Bradbury's loyal to the Eagles? <laughs> he may go back to the Giants. Next man up. True. That's true. If you pay, that's why I asked you the question. True. I asked you the question. Do you believe Jalen Hurts is a $50 million quarterback per year on a lesser roster? I don't. The, the odds are on my side, not yours. Let's see those $50 million deals. I can only think of one guy, <laughs> but you're right. This will be different. Oh, and Brady. But then again, Brady never made 50. The, the odds are on my side. He's not going to do it. Even if he went down the same career path of Russell Wilson, Wilson had a lesser roster, never got back to a Super Bowl ever again off his rookie deal, never got back. Never. Hertz is a $30 million quarterback. I'm not thinking that. I don't, by the way, I think some of you are thinking sales. So, okay, if you don't think he's 50, you think he's 40, right? Yeah. 40 on a four-year deal. I'm not going beyond anything like that because dual-threat quarterbacks don't last. I'm not tying up my roster. I'm not doing it. I'm not tying my roster up with a guy who's going to miss games. Kyler Murray. Hey, don't worry about Jonathan Gannon in Arizona because we all know the Bidwells do a great job at hiring coaches. Rookie quarterback. Well, look at this, for instance. How do you think, Tone, I, I know you know this, but a lot of people don't realize it. How do you think they built the Patriot dynasty? How do you think they built that great team in Seattle? On quarterbacks who were drafted in ladder rounds, like Jalen Hurts, making no money. How many times have you seen a guy drafted super high and these guys put a dynasty together? Peyton Manning had a lesser postseason career in Indianapolis than Ben Roethlisberger did. He didn't do it. And by the way, Eli Manning, take a look at Eli Manning's last 10 years of his career. Take a look at that last 10 years. How many times did they make the playoffs? Two? Doesn't work. The key is finding a balance. And having the quarterback in the agency that will work with you. If I were the Eagles personally, I would be doing everything on my power 
to have Jalen Hurts part of almost every single decision that's to be made moving forward. Jalen, we're thinking of doing this when it comes to the draft. There's maybe some input. He doesn't have to be a decision maker, but make him feel part of the process. Because when you feel part of the process, you feel like it matters. That's what they did in New England with Brady. That's why Brady was open to do this. Hey, maybe I will take a $5 million haircut. The problem with the Patriots and Brady at the end, they stopped doing that. Hey, we're going to get rid of D. De- you know, Deion Branch was a Super Bowl MVP. Have you ever heard of him again? He went to Seattle. I never heard of him again. Do you remember Deion? You know, Deion Branch was a Super Bowl MVP. They went to Brady and said, we're moving off him. We're not paying him that money. They were right. Hey, Tom, we're moving off of Chandler Jones. So Tom knows he's got a lesser defense. But they made him feel part of the decision-making. I would do the same thing with Jalen. I would do the same thing. Jalen, this is what we're thinking here, just to get your input. And we'll keep you abreast of That's what Andy did with Mahomes. You, how about this, guys? Andy Reid, the entire times that Patrick Mahomes has been a Kansas City Chief, has been privy to probably every single move they were making. And they let Alex Smith know. Hey, Alex, this guy's taking over for you next year. We want you to know that we're drafting this guy. We think a lot of Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith said one of the coolest things he had ever seen was the way that John Dorsey and Andy Reid and all the guys in Kansas City dealt with him saying, this is what we're doing here. This is what we're going. Next year, you're not going to be here. When you make a quarterback, like, that's why when, hey, how about this, guys? So that's why when Andy Reid went to Patrick Mahomes and said, we're moving off Tyreek Hill, we have to. Orlando Brown is more important than Tyreek Hill. To your safety, it's important we have a left tackle. And you know what? Patrick goes, okay. They win a Super Bowl. Can you imagine the trust and equity that those two men have with one another and the amount of love and trust? Because everything Andy Reid has told Patrick Mahomes has come to fruition. Everything he's told them. That's to me is what makes that relationship special. It's because Mahomes delivering, Andy Reid's delivering, and Andy Lee, Andy Reid is holding to his promises. You think in Dallas, Dak Prescott, how about when they make a trade to go get Amari Cooper and they don't even make Dak part of the process and they just get rid of Amari? Look at the interceptions that Dak had when he came back from his injury. Look at, here, small. Contract negotiations every four years has its, hey, has its cons too. Yeah, but small, how about this? Let's just say this. You give Jalen Hurts a four-year contract, right? And it's team-friendly. What's Jalen Hurts in four years? Hold on here. He's 28. He's not even 30. He'll sign for $65 million if he delivers the things that he's delivering now. Right now, Patrick Mahomes' deal is actually undervalued. My, my thing would be, 
Let me get as much money as I can now in a short-term deal so I could cut a second deal, a third deal. Continue to not be stuck in the market. If Hertz is who he... Look, you guys thought Carson Wentz was who you thought he was. He turned out to be a stiff. I wouldn't sell my soul to it yet. Until you know he's Brady. Until you know he's Mahomes. Because there's been only two of those guys in the last 25 years. Not even Peyton Manning could beat Brady. If you're going to put that kind of resources behind Jalen Hurts, You've already failed once. You better be sure. That's my only contention. You were set in your ways and you thought Carson Wentz was it. And you know how you did? You gave him the money. You gave him $40 million. $40. Oops. That thing went south quick. It didn't take long. Didn't take long. And, and get this, you know what you had in the process? Because all of a sudden, the general manager didn't start. The general manager all of a sudden didn't, didn't real. he started realizing he had made a mistake. And once he realized he made a mistake, he drafted Hurts. And he wanted a security blanket. That's why it was a second rounder. Shit, you could have got Hurts in the third. That was the rub with Doug Peterson. Doug's like, so wait a minute. We could use another edge rusher or another corner. You're drafting a quarterback in the second round that won't play. Oh, I think Doug Peterson, that second round pick had a lot to do. Not because he didn't like Jalen. Okay. Not because they didn't like Jalen, because Doug needed other needs on the team after the 17 team was starting to get older. That was the rub. It was, he had nothing against Jalen. It was Howie. Howie all of a sudden started going, I don't know, man. Maybe this guy Wentz ain't it. This is after you gave him the big contract and you drafted him from nobody university. Who in their right mind drafts anything at a quarterback position at North Dakota State? Who in their right mind would do that? North Dakota State. How do those two quarterbacks look so far? Trey Lance looks like a bum. <laughs> North Dakota. Why that is so insane? Because today, with all the recruiting... Guys like Trey Lance and Carson Wentz can't hide any longer. If those guys were so good, they'd be on big-time programs. Because you know what's happened? A guy like Josh Allen who had to go to Wyoming, people are now doing their due diligence more now. I'm looking at these quarterbacks. and looking at these players around the country. Do you know how much money Alabama spends a year in recruiting? Eight million bucks. That's 90% the budgets that are in college football enormous budgets when it comes to recruiting and comes to evaluating of quarterbacks make no mistake about it you I mean you see a guy like Jalen go in the second round you see a guy 
like Russell Wilson go in the third round? Guys, make no mistake about it. Finding a guy like that, those things are so huge when it comes to building a roster. Coach Dungey's going to join us in a couple minutes here, and we're going to get his thoughts here. Don't forget here, too, 4.30 Eastern time, we're going to talk to the Hall of Fame coach and get his take on Jalen Hurts, and also we're going to – tomorrow, don't forget, Seth Joyner's going to join us at 3.30. Then we're going to have Frank Wright at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We'll get his thoughts, and I'll ask him whether or not um, they're going to bring down potentially Carson Wentz. We're going to look at also some of the free agents here in a second, too, that I've written down. Howie has done a remarkable job, a remarkable job in free agency. That's his forte. That's his forte is building his team. Bob says, Sills, it takes two to trade Slay. Who takes that contract if they can trade him? I would love to get Cam Sutton. Bob, here's what you're going to have to do with a guy like Slay. You're going to have to eat some of the contract. So you may trade him kind of the same way that Robert Quinn was traded from Chicago. And Chicago ate up a lot of the salary. And the Eagles took some of the salary. And you had to give a trap choice up. So it may be something like that where, hey, you'll send him to a team, but you're going to have to potentially pay of the $18 million, You may have to pay 10 of it or maybe even 12 of it because he's got one year left on his contract. And if he has another year where people think that he's that's how you can end up back-ending that thing. So again, I mean, hey, free agency right now, I love the fact that this is not like the old man's group like it used to be back in the day. You're seeing a lot of young players, 25, 26, 27. The NFL has a salary cap for a reason. You know, my former coach, Jimmy Johnson, he didn't have to deal with salary cap when he was building a football team. He didn't have to deal when he was building those Cowboy teams. Didn't have to deal with it. And that's another added component to it now. Um, boy, I'll tell you something. When I was in Tampa, Coach Dungy was such a force in that town, and I'll never forget, and I've brought this up with him before. You know, John Lynch is a dear friend of mine, and I said to him, I go, you guys were 0-8. You were buying into what Coach Dungy was saying. He goes, he kept walking in every day going like this. Look, we got a core group of guys here. Rondé, you, Sap, Allstott. They had a group. Then they started filling in with free agency. Coach Dungy brought a coaching staff that everyone in the building bought in. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I was there. I watched it. And, and, and John was like, he just kept pounding away. And believing. I think that's what Andy Reid is doing in Kansas City. Can you imagine getting rid of Tyree Kill and you win the Super Bowl? you got to have trust in your coach. Let's bring in the Hall of Fame coach, 
Tony Dungy here. Coach, how you doing? Thank you so much for coming aboard. Hey, Dan, I'm doing great, and I totally agree with you. Uh, I've known Andy Reid a long time. Uh, I worked three years in the Chiefs organization. I still have a lot of friends there. We broadcast their game, their divisional round game against Jacksonville. I had a chance to be in the locker room afterwards, and you could see it, and you could feel it. These men believe in Andy and what he's doing, and that, you know, whether they're 10 down in the Super Bowl or – 24 down like they were to Houston a couple of years ago. It doesn't matter. They believe. Coach, is that right? When you, I, I brought this up a couple minutes ago. I go, you know, I think this whole process started early in the Patrick Mahomes relationship with Andy is that they were so transparent when they had Alex Smith. They made everybody prevy of what was going on. Now, look, I'm not saying Mahomes has any say, but he might have some input. They may keep him abreast. It just seems that there's an open dialogue. And so when you come to a player like Mahomes, hey, look, I may be giving up one of the greatest deep threats in the history of the league because we've got to keep Orlando Brown. And it's a salary cap. It's important. Do you think, Coach, that he's a better he, – he has better relationships? Can you learn from – a like, did you learn from Tampa that made you a better coach in Indianapolis? Absolutely, but it, it really comes from that honesty and that being straightforward with people. Uh, we had that conversation with our whole team before our Super Bowl in 2006. Edron James was a free agent, and Bill Pullen came to me and said, you know, we could re-sign Edron at the market rate. It's going to take 7 or $8 million, but if we do that, we're going to lose Reggie Wayne, Dwight Franey, and Dallas Clark down the road. I can just tell you that. So I had to go to our team and say, hey, look, Edron is a huge part of this. And coming back after knee surgery and all the things he's done for this organization. But for us to win in the long term, we, we have to do this. We're going to draft a rookie. We don't know who it's going to be, but we'll get you a good player. And unfortunately, the, the whole picture, we've got to do that. And I'm sure Andy went to those guys and said, you know what? We could re-sign Tyreek and it would be worth it. But how long are we going to be able to stay competitive? So you know what? Have confidence in our personnel department and our drafting room and everything, and we're going to find you some good players. So they end up making the trade, getting those high picks. Okay, we'll draft Sky Moore. We'll go out and trade for Kadarius Toney, and we're, we're going to draft some defensive players. And you know what? We're going to be, be okay, and the players believe that. Coach, um, uh, Super Bowl 57, I'd love to get your take. We're based in Philly. And um, I said, look, it was a great roster playing against a great coach and a great quarterback. And it took, I think, that quarterback to beat that roster. Just your takeaways from Super Bowl 57. Well, I thought Philadelphia may have had the more complete team. Uh, I thought Kansas City was battle tested. I thought the difference might be the fact that Kansas City's coaching staff had been there before, that a lot of their players had been in the Super Bowl two out of the last three years, and that experience might uh, come forward. It was a tremendous game, and you saw two offenses playing at a very, very high level. Philadelphia's got a great defense. Kansas City has a good defense, and both of those were pretty much helpless against those offenses. And it was a play here, a play there, the, the fumble by Hurts. Uh, you know, a play like that turned things around, but it, it was two tremendous offensive performances. Coach, tell me I'm wrong here, and I threw this out, and you tell me if you think 
you can win. And I know the NFL is going into a transition now with these dual threat guys. Coach, it's not that I'm against paying Hurts $45 million or $50 million a year. I'm against paying a guy who's dual threat, who's going to get hurt. RG3, K1, Lamar Jackson, even, even a guy like Jalen, Coach, who's missed like the last two years, he's missed some games, especially some significant games this year down the stretch. I mean, Coach, can you win a Super Bowl and build a team around a guy who's a dual threat guy? You, you can, but you just mentioned it. You're taking a risk, and you talked about all of those guys. Jalen Hurts is as big and as strong and as physical as any quarterback you're going to see. But if you put your body in that type of risk uh, that often, things are going to happen. And we, we have seen it happen to Lamar Jackson. We saw it happen to, to Jalen this year. Um, is it just the luck of the draw and the shoulder injury and you miss a little time? Is that going to manifest itself down the road? Uh, I'm, I, I really think that is what Baltimore is going through with Lamar Jackson right now. They know how valuable he is to the team. They know what he means. Can we afford to shell out that guaranteed money and put our – See if we can reconnect here with Coach. Here he is right here. Yeah, go ahead, Coach. Finish up. Yeah, not that they don't think Lamar is worth it. Not that they don't think he's that great a talent. He is. But can we put ourselves in that situation? Uh, is it fair to the rest of the team salary cap-wise? That, that's the question. Coach, the Eagles now are going through replacing coordinators now and free agencies right around the corner. Hell, you got the combines next week. Would you want to get your coordinators in place first before you started deciding on what kind of roster you were going to come back with? Or do you look at first signing Hurts and then getting into free agent, and then you get the coordinators. How would you go about it with Bill Polian? No, you you want to get your coordinators in place. And it, Nick Sirianni may not have thought it was going to happen this fast, but when you are a playoff team, you're going to have people poaching your coordinators. Uh, it's going to happen. They're going to move on. Your assistant coaches. So you've always got to have that thought in the back of your mind. If I lose Dan, what am I going to do? Who is my next in line and so you 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 think about that and and you have those ready to go i i believe they do but you definitely want to get that in place so then you can move forward coach i want to ask you a personal question about your your exit on tampa you don't have to answer this but i was was it over clyde christensen no no it was not it was uh we went because i know you were so loyalty you were so loyalty to your staff and it just, it just, I, because I, I was covering you and I'm like, why did it, it, it shouldn't have went out that way. We all hated it. No, here, here's what happened, Dan. We went, we were, when I got there, we had 13 straight losing seasons and our ownership, the Glazers said, if you can just get us respectable, that would be great. That's what we're looking for. And I said, Hey, we're going to be good every year we're not going to mortgage the future we're not going to try to rush you mentioned we lost our first eight games we're building slowly well now we start to win and we're in the playoffs and we go to the nfc championship game and it's just like okay well we need to do something we can't get over the hump i said hey we are in it for the long run and we had some disagreements about how that should be done okay and so i think the glazers just said hey we would rather go all in, 
and try to win. We're going to go for Bill Parcells or John Gruden because this patient philosophy is not necessarily what we want. So they did, and they won the Super Bowl the next year. But I, I think my track record and going to the playoffs 10 or 11 years in a row and just being there all the time, that's what I wanted to do. And we just had a little disagreement about how we should approach things. Coach, I'll tell you this, in that NFC title game against the Rams, I, I must have I, I must have almost dropped 15 F-bombs that next morning because I'm like, if that that was a catch, and I will say this to this day, the greatest show on turf, what did you guys hold them to? You guys held them to 14 points or something? Wasn't it like that, Coach? 11 points. Ricky Pro made a great catch in the corner. Brian Kelly missed the ball by two inches. And to this day, our, all of our players feel like we should have won that game six to five, that we should have held the, the greatest show on turf to five points. But we didn't. Uh, we had to play in the end, the Bert Emanuel play you're referencing. A hundred times out of a hundred, that was a catch. After that game, they had to pass a rule and restate it and say that it really was a catch. And from now on, it's going to be a catch. Oh. So it, it was uh, one of those frustrating moments. But we were we were close, and we just didn't quite get it done that particular day. Two last questions for you, Coach. Um, I want to ask you about Eric Bieniemy. I want to ask you about, you know, when I see, and no disrespect to Shane Steichen and no disrespect to Jonathan Gannon, but how are those guys more qualified than Eric Bieniemy? And I don't care if what Eric Bieniemy as a player coach, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't like anybody to know what I did at Miami <laughs> because I'm a different man today having a wife and kids. So you know what I mean? I'm a whole different guy. And if he's good enough to be with Andy Reid all these years, I think he's good enough to be a head coach. My problem is, and again, I have no shade on Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, but how do those guys get elevated? And Eric has almost got to take a lateral move to prove himself again. Just your take on it. Uh, it, it it's really sad to me um, that Eric Bieniemy feels like I've got to leave a Super Bowl team and go to a team that hasn't won in a long time just to show people that I know what I'm doing. Um, Doug Peterson didn't have to go somewhere and call plays to show people that he knew what he was doing. Matt Nagy didn't have to go somewhere to call plays to show people what he was doing. Nick Sirianni was Frank Reich's assistant in Indianapolis. Frank Reich called the plays. Nick Sirianni did not call the plays. Nick Sirianni didn't have to leave Frank Reich to prove that he knew what he was doing. People looked at that and said, you know what? He's working for a good man. I interviewed him. He's great. Uh, I'm going to take a chance on him. That should have happened for Eric Bieniemy quite a while ago. It hasn't. I, I, I regret that he has to make this move, but I, I guess that's what he feels like he has to do. Coach, I think just one, 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 one extension on that. I don't really think it's about African-Americans getting head football coaching jobs. I think it's about the assistants, coach. There has to be more there on the coordinator positions for African-Americans so they can elevate into that position because what we just talked about, I mean, if you have more assistants, there's more of a pool to pick from, and it just seems that the Rooney rule doesn't, it doesn't really apply to the assistant jobs, but that's where those head coaching jobs come from. Well, they, they should and they do and for the most part. And the, the problem comes in when it, it doesn't play out for African-Americans. When Andy Reid is working for Mike Holmgren, uh, 
and Mike Holmgren runs the ship. He got the, you know, Mike, well, even go before that, Mike Holmgren is working for Bill Walsh. Right. Bill Walsh is calling the plays. Bill Walsh runs the offense. But people say, oh, my gosh, Mike Holmgren has been under Bill Walsh for so long. He must be very, very good. And Walsh has confidence in him. So the Green Bay Packers hire Mike Holmgren. Mike sets up the system the same way. Steve Mariucci works for him. He moves on to become a head coach. Um, Andy Reid works for him. He moves on to be a head coach. Now Sherman Lewis takes Andy Reid's spot. Sherman Lewis doesn't call the plays. We can't hire him. (laughs) And you say, wait a minute. Now that was 30 years ago. So now fast forwards, Andy Reid is now the head man and Gosh, Doug Peterson works for him. Doug Peterson is sharp. He's worked for Andy. We're going to hire him. Matt Nagy takes his spot. Matt, Matt Nagy must be sharp. And he, Andy Reid has confidence in him. We're going to hire him. Now Eric Bieniemy takes over for Matt Nagy. Oh, Eric Bieniemy doesn't call the plays. This is probably Andy Reid's system. Well, it's been Andy Reid's system for 15 years. <laughs> and so uh, that can't be the issue. But uh, apparently it is w- with Eric. Okay, finally here, Coach. Sap Brooks, congratulations, Rondé Barber. One of your guys yeah. makes it into the Hall of Fame. Lynch, Allstott. Eh, throw Simeon Rice's butt in there, too. Who's your favorite buck? You know, I have I have ties to the bucks. I'm a buccaneer, so who's your favorite buck? All of those guys. No are way. Buck, <laughs> but I'm my favorite and tell you why. Uh, Warwick Dunn came to us in 1997. Warwick Dunn. Well, became the NFC Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, while he was putting three of his teenage siblings through high school. He was uh, getting housing for single moms in the Tampa area. He was doing so much besides being a great player. Um, and with all that was going on with his family and what he did, he was just very special in my heart. Not that he was a better player than those guys, but he brought something special. And coach, he's still doing that to this still. day because of what happened with his mom, I believe, yeah. from Louisiana. And I got to tell you, coach, work done. Isn't it funny? Sometimes just like Tim Duncan's of the world, because they're quiet, unassuming, and yet impactful, we forget the really great ones. And you talk about incredible character. Work done is a prime example, I think, of the kind of guy that you liked coaching when you were – in Indianapolis, also in in Tampa, and Minnesota, too, I would throw in there. Coach, thank you so much for your time. It's always an honor to have you on, and um, God, and you're so kind to me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Coach. By the way, your, 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 your foundation, I saw you guys doing some stuff. If you want to throw something out so people can go there. Well, we, yeah, we have a Dungey Family Foundation. We work here in Tampa. We read to elementary school kids. We try to get education uh, emphasized. So that's been great. All Pro Dad is another organization that we work with, uh, helping men become better fathers. Go to the All Pro Dad website. It, it's awesome, uh, especially if you're a man and you want to have a better connection with your kids. Uh, that's a great place to go. I get that text every day from... Derek Brooks being a better man. He goes, coach does it to me all the time. So I'm doing it to you. <laughs> I, I get, I get a text going like this. Look, I get this text. I go, he goes, are you being a better man today? Yes. I told my daughter, I loved her. He goes, it's all you need. It's no. just to tell you love her every day. 
Thank you, Coach, for your impact and influence on all of us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Dan. Always great to be with you. You bet. The legendary Tony Dungy. Better man than coach. And he was a hell of a coach. That's for dang sure. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
Tony Dungy believes what Big Sills believes. Hey, Tone, make sure you send that to our Twitter guy. Man, Tony Dungy even thinks it's a gamble. For dual threat. Tony Dungy. Dual threat. Whoa. It's not just big sales. Dual threat. He thinks it's a gamble. 50 million bucks with a lesser team. Top of the hour, we're going to do the free agent list. Ooh. Hmm. Sills, what are your thoughts on us voiding these four players? What four players? Cap. Don't sign it. You can't sign. You can't rip your. You can't rip your roster apart like this. You back Pete. Look at what this guy says. I he this guy just hey Tone. This guy says I back Tony Dungy into that answer. So are you trying to say that I was leading the witness? Is 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 that what you're saying? I was leading the witness. Big Sills doesn't lead the witness. What do you think? I'm a professional or something? <laughs> what, hey, hey, Tom, what do you think? I'm, I'm a professional at leading questions? Dual threat. Fans, remember Hassan, you trolled him until January. He didn't get hurt. Jalen did. I never said Jalen Hurts wasn't a good player now. He's evolved into being one. Congratulations. You changed the narrative on yourself. I did watch this. I didn't change the narrative on Jalen. Jalen did. Well, Sills, you said he saw. I did. Jalen Hurts changed that narrative on himself. I did it. That's, I don't have an, I just told you what he did this year. All of us had question marks. And if he was going to, wait a minute, Howie Roseman got two first round draft choices, not to draft a safety, but to go get a quarterback if Hurts didn't pan out. He hedged his bets with two ones this year. In case the quarterback sucked, quarterback doesn't. He thought so too. Dual threat. Even Tony Dungy. Man. Says it's a gamble for the Eagles to put $50 million around Jalen Hurts. Man. That'll make news. Tony Dungy says it may be a gamble. You watch how that blows up tomorrow. Dual threat. Let the franchise quarterback walk. I never said that. 
Where did you hear me ever say that? I have never said let Jalen Hurts walk. I never have ever brought that up. I never have. But since you're there, that's why the 49ers today have a better team than you. No one's walking. No one. Defense is intact. O-line's intact. Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner, Moses getting his extension. The all-pro safety's intact with a contract. I'll ask you one more time. Do you believe that Jalen Hurts can win a Super Bowl with less of a roster? I do not. Mahomes proved it. Mahomes proved it. He's got a lesser roster than the first Super Bowl. Will we not agree? The first Super Bowl, when they beat the Niners, had stars everywhere. This team, you have Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Orlando Brown, and Patrick Mahomes. The rest of them, Dual threat. Tone's back there going like this. God dang it. I hate when he does that because there's a part of me back here. Ugh. It's a true. It's it here, here, here's here's the dilemma. It really is a true dilemma. You want to how about this? I'll I'll relent on this. Hey man, you want to pay the kid. You want the kid around. You hope he plays a long time. All of that. It's true. You hope all of that. But you're trying to win games too here. You're trying to win games. <laughs> Let me have that. <laughs> oh, okay. Jalen got a lesser roster to the playoffs in his first year. Yeah, that's what your roster will look like the first year. Joseph, excellent. Excellent take. Excellent. Yeah, that's what his roster will look like from now on. Something like that the first year. A couple more players because how he can work things. But you're, you're clearly going to be younger on defense. That will not You're not bringing the same defense back. So how could you be the same team? You're not, you're not going to be the same team because the, the defense is going to be completely in – Completely disintegrated. How he has a backup plan. You don't have a backup plan when you got 50 million bucks wrapped up in one guy. They don't have a backup plan. There is no backup plan. We just voided Hardgraves, Edwards, Kaiser's contract. Tone, do me a favor and check that out. They just voided it. So Hardgrave, Kaiser White, and Edwards. They voided the contract so they, they can renegotiate. Okay? But they're free agents. Smart move. 
smart. But wait a minute. How can you void a contract that's already run its course? What are you talking about? You can't void a contract. They have no remaining years. They're UFAs. That makes no sense. Okay? You don't vo- they don't have a contract. Their contracts are void. Anyway, they voided the contracts. They were unrestricted free agents. That's a dumb comment. You, you, don't, you don't have any leverage on it. There's no years to void. The first step of what will be a busy offseason for the Eagles and for many free agents came on Monday when the team voided contracts of key players, Javon Hardgrave, James Bradbury, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards. But the question would be this. What are you voiding? You have, there's no years to void. They're all unrestricted. I'm not sure what that, there's got to be language in the CBA that I need to understand more because they don't have any years to void. Once, once March 12th hits, they're, 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 they're able to deal with any team in the NFL. Currently right now, until the calendar year starts, now, maybe that gives them, here, if I remember right, this may give them a head start on negotiating because other teams can't start until the calendar year of the NFL starts March 12th. Okay? So I would think it gives them a head start and not allowing them after March 12th to get out because if they void but you're a UFA I don't know how that works I gotta I gotta do more reading on that because if you're an unrestricted free agent the, the team has no they have all 2022 NFL contracts will expire at New York time is what the NFL's official website states. The 2023 league year and free agency period began at 1600 New York time. The first day of the 2023 new year will end, right, I believe that's 4.30 or 4 o'clock March 15th. Howie already working his magic? Why, if I'm Hardgrave, would I come back for less money? He, that's, not, that's not how that's going to work. Okay? That's not how that's going to work. You could still be – he's unrestricted. He has no right to keep you bound in any way. But what it does do, it might give the Eagles the opportunity to franchise tag Gardner Johnson. That's – hey, that's what may happen is that Gardner Johnson may get a franchise tag. That's 18 million bucks too, by the way. Or wait, for a safety? Tone, what is it for a safety? I think it's 14. I think it's 14. I think it's 14. I want to look at some of the free agents. We're going to do that now. We're number three. Guys that maybe Howie would take a look at. Okay? 
Bob, quite frankly, Coach Dungy said it's a gamble. That's all he said. He didn't say he wouldn't. 14-4. If they franchise tag Gardner-Johnson, he's making 14-4. We're going to hit on all this. I'm going to take a look, and I'm going to ask a question here about voiding the contracts. What's it mean? Hour three, keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard. Okay, this is how the voided contracts and the advantages and disadvantages. Voidable years have been talked about a lot. This is an agent telling me this. NFL free agent signing. Collective bargaining agreement. They offer teams a method to help make it possible to sign veteran players to relatively high-dollar contracts in years when the team faces an unusually unexpected tight salary cap situation. Voidable year contracts come with caveats, but they also offer a powerful tool for teams trying to add talent to a roster. The team will eventually have to pay the piper, but Structuring the contract can delay the inevitable cap hit, allowing a team to squeeze a contract in that might not have been able to manage otherwise. Because most NFL teams run like well-organizations, businesses, and not like a teenage running wild, it's dad's credit card. It's basically part of the NFL's new um, collective bargaining agreement. So what are avoidable Years avoidable year is an extra year on the length of a contract. See, but there are no there are no years on these contracts. They're all UFAs. I don't get it. A voidable year is an extra year on the length of the contract that the team and the player intend to void. The other words, it is a dummy year on a contract that the player will never play or get paid. This makes no sense with the Eagles. They voided the contracts that they don't have to void anyway. They're up. The team has no say in these guys. I don't get it. When the Redskins used this method with Deshaun Jackson, when he was unexpectedly available in the 2014 offseason, the team had already spent most of its available cap space before Jackson became a free agent, but Snyder and the front office were keen to sign him. The Redskins wanted to give him a three-year contract, but they were concerned about the impact of his rather high and hefty dollars in 2014 cap. They instead gave him a four-year contract with avoidable four-year. The effect was a shift part of his salary cap hit from one to This allows teams to sign high-impact free agents that they want. So now how we can go into free agency and look at some of the lists that we're going to talk about here. This allows Howie to look at some of the players that are out in free agency now. So how can the avoidable year be used? It can be a bit technical and complex. But we're not here, here. Here, he just gave me an example. By the way, this is um, this is Lee Steinberg helping me here. Let's say a team wants to sign a veteran free agent to a three-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. Just throwing a number out. In my example, the team is going to give the player half the contract as a signing bonus. That is twelve million. The remaining twelve million and salary will be paid eventually at $4 million per season. So, like, here's what they're going to try to do with these players. 
Here's what they're going to try to do. They're going to offer him, con they're going to offer these kind of contracts. And here's the barometer here. Watch this. So year one, say Javon Hardgrave, okay? Salary, $4 million. Prorated bonus, $4 million. Cap hit, eight. Second year, $4 million. $4 million, eight. $4 million, $4 million, eight. One, two, three years. Salary will be $12 million. Prorated bonus, $12 million. Cap hit of $24 million. Boy, it's really technical. Really technical. Okay? Really technical. Let's get into taking a look at some of these free agents again. Um, it, I mean, Javon Hardgrave, I don't care if he voids the contract or not. He's a free agent. He's going to get $18 million. He's going to have to sign him to an $18 million deal. Okay? I don't care what he does. This, I think, in all, in all, in all terms, um, tone, I think just gives them a head start before March 15th. This gives them a head start. They're going to try to get all these deals done before March 15th. They're at least targeting the guys they want to bring back. Okay? Howie ain't our smart in anybody. Once you put $50 million down on your boy, doesn't matter. You still got a $224 million salary cap. <laughs> Dude, that defense, he's look at the work he's got. He's got to get coordinators. He's got to get players. He's got to get cheaper. I can't. This is going to be the best offseason. This is going to be the best offseason I can remember in NFL history. How you doing? Let's take a look at some of these free agents. How we run in circles on guys who are free agents anyway and aren't staying. Gardner Johnson, you're going to have to give him 18. Watch this. I'm going to cut a deal. We're going to put a deal together. You're going to have to pay him $18 million another way. I don't care how you do it. Voiding his contract. You're voiding contracts on years that you don't have to void. It just gives you a head start. So they're, they're, now they're no longer Eagles. Oh, no, they're still Eagles until March 15th. All right. I want to throw some guys at you here. Jesse Bates, safety, Cincinnati. Interested? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Jesse Bates. No? Jesse Bates is a higher rated safety than Gardner Johnson. You have no interest in a guy who's rated higher? Tone goes like this. Bates wants a huge payday. He, he's a better player. He's a better player than Gardner Johnson. Okay. Probably true. Okay. Probably true. Jamil Dean, Bucks corner. 
Another high-end guy. This is Howie's forte. Dean of the Bucks. Cornerback. You're going to need a corner. I'd rather keep Bradbury. I'd rather keep Bradbury. That's right. That's a great take. That's right. How we let Brian Dawkins walk. Can I throw this name at you? Would you have a problem paying $8 million to Saquon Barkley? You weaken a divisional opponent. You bring in a better player than what you have. He's a better player. He's a better player than Miles Sanders ever was. He catches the ball better. If I'm going to pay seven, eight million dollars, and, and that, and the Giants are talking about paying Daniel Jones forty-five million, forty million dollars, they're not keeping him. Would you think about Barkley? You weaken the Giants, strengthen yourself, all in the same process. You 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 bring in a better player. Weaken the Giants in the same process. I don't know about you, man. Okay, Barkley's been injured though. Rather get Henry. I don't know if that's happening. Just something to think about. Got another one here for you. How about Michael Thomas? Wide receiver Saints. I think they're cutting him. I think the Saints are cutting Michael Thomas because of cap. I think they're cutting him. Would you bring in Michael Thomas? You might get the guy on a great deal, a Howie deal. Joseph, right. Okay. Well, well, my friend, they're cutting him. How much would I pay? God, can you imagine having him on your roster at five million bucks a year with incentives? Michael Thomas, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and AJ Brown. Good night. <laughs> you talk about getting better. <laughs> I mean, you talk about developing Jalen. Hurts, let's just keep adding great players around him. How about this one? This is kind of like an offshoot. Would you have any interest in Rashad Penny? The Seahawks guy. 
been banged up, never fit into Seattle. Put him behind that old line, Rashad Penny. You need a back. And by the way, you know why I'm throwing veteran backs out? Why am I? Why would I throw veteran backs out? Why would I throw veteran backs? Why? Rashad Penny's not going to cost you anything, really. Why do you think I'm throwing veteran backs out? Because most rookies can't pick up pass protection. That's why a lot of guys don't play. Yeah, but Yale, if I don't, I could pick up a guy who can catch the ball, block, and run. That's worth $6 bucks to me. Instead of a kid in the draft? Mm. How about Marcus Peters, Baltimore, cornerback? What about grabbing him on a one-year deal? Marcus Peters played in the Ravens organization. Heck of a ball player. Marcus Peters can play. And I don't know if that would kill you. I think you, you know what I think you'd get Marcus Peters for? The same thing you got James Bradbury. I think it'd be something like that. I think Peters would play. You put him on an $8 million deal, put him at corner, and you're able to keep CJ somehow and slay? Where's the drop-off? I think Marcus Peters is good. Hey, Tone, do me a favor. How old is Marcus Peters? Just want to double-check what his age is. Please, God, don't let it be over 33. It's over 33. I'm taking that guy off my list myself. If he's 33, he's off my list. He's 30. That's not bad. That's the same age as Bradbury. 29, 30. I'm all right with that. Just turned 30 in January. Just turned it. I like that, man. You might get him for $8 million. Draymond Jones, Broncos, defensive tackle. By the way, that Bronco team finished in the top five in total defense this year, even with a shitty offense. The kid was a good ball player. Peters. And CJ and Slay, not bad. Okay. See, here's my problem. Here's why I'm throwing corners out. I'm throwing corners out because it's not a real big year for corners in the draft. So when you say draft a corner, it's not a thick year in corners. Draymond Jones, man, this kid from the Broncos is a ball player. And if you lose Hardgrave or you lose some people significant, and get this, if you're a guy, because Howie likes to cover his ass, 
Let's just say that Jordan Davis doesn't step up again. You got a guy in the building in here, and you're bringing in another veteran guy who can ball, man. This guy's good. This is a deep corner draft? Who told you that? There's two guys in the top 30. Dank, not true. How about this guy? Tony Pollard. Weak in the Cowboys? To me, I would say this to you. Outside of Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard's the most important offensive player in the Cowboy huddle that's left. C.D. Lamb is not a better ball player than Tony Pollard or more impactful. Tony Pollard's a 1,000-yard rusher, catches the ball out of the backfield. You drop him in the slot. And can you imagine him behind Jalen with that old line? Hey, I'd rather have a guy coming off a broken leg than a torn knee. I'm all right with the leg. I'm not talking. This guy didn't have a torn knee. There's a difference in injury. Get this. A broken leg takes less time to heal than a knee injury. How about Kareem Hunt? My favorite corner in this draft is the kid from Oregon, Gonzalez. I like the kid Witherspoon also from Illinois. About Kareem Hunt, probably wouldn't cost you a lot. He's been hidden in that Cleveland offense because of Chubb. I think he's a good ball player. Do I think he could be somebody like a like Garrett Blunt or a, an Adai, something like that? One thing is for sure that the Eagles need is a red zone back. Your red zone backs, Jalen Hurts. How about Marcus Davenport? My correction, it was an ankle for Pollard. Pollard underwent tightrope procedure instead of a surgery that required screws into the tibia and fibia for repair. A little more than I thought. How about Marcus Davenport? Edge rusher, Saints. Saints defense is pretty good. Okay. How about Dalvin Tomlinson? Vikings, edge rusher. 328 pounds and can play. Now, the problem with the Vikings was not on the perimeter. The problem with the Vikings is in the middle. This guy's an edge rusher at 330. Okay? He's an edge rusher at 330. How you beat the Vikings is right up the gut. They need D tackles. Hey, I could see Hardgrave landing there. They need defensive tackles. And TJ Edwards makes sense there. Dalvin Tomlinson can play. He's a great looking. And you sign me up. Anytime you get an edge rusher that's over 280 pounds and this kid's 328, 
Sign me up for that. Miguel says, what do you think about signing Duran Payne, Washington, let Hardgrave walk? He's, he's going to cost you some money. I also like the kid up in Buffalo. I think he's a corner. What's his name? Pear? Poyer? They got a kid up there in Buffalo that's a free agent, too, that I'd like to take a look at. Miguel, plus you weaken um, a divisional opponent. He's going to cost you some dough, though, dude. Payne's a good football player. Okay? Payne's a good player. Uh, Sean's right, man. That's right. Flores is up there now with that defense. Good take. Good take. Jordan Poyer safety. He's very uh, – he's really good. I like that kid. That kid can play, man. Plus, he was also up there, you know, in, in, in that defensive system up there. He's a good football player. Too much money, probably. Probably. Hey, anytime you get, like, you're young and there's a ton of money, correct. Now, this is a different guy. <clears throat> and this is kind of like a Howie dude. Arden Key, Jaguars, edge rusher. I don't think he's a starter. But I think he would be a fabulous rotation guy. I like what the Jags did with him. They brought him in and out. And again, I'm not, I'm not signing him. I'm signing him for depth. Okay? I'm signing him for depth. Because the Eagles are going to lose some players here. So Arden Key, Jaguars, edge rusher. That's somebody that I would... I would kind of take a look at to bring in for depth because that's, again, one of the things that the Eagles were just so good in the offseason at. They were so good in the offseason at building the roster. And again, they built the roster around a lot of one-year deals. Okay? Jesse Gosills, how much do you think Jesse Bates will cost? I think Jesse Bates as a safety is going to command the $14 million. That's going to be out in the open market. Hey, it wouldn't shock me. That would, because Cincinnati won't do it. I don't think they'll franchise tag him. Okay, I don't, because Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati will let his ass walk. Or they'll trade him uh, to try to get some assets. And now, remember something. Again, all in these all free agent moves, if these guys end up going someplace, you're going to get compensation picks in the end. Okay? Eagles need a downhill pounding running back for this RPO system to mix in with speed running backs like Scott and Gainwell. Sports, I would say this to you. Also, in my opinion, to take some of the heat off of Jalen. Jalen can't have 200 carries. He's on pace with 200 carries. He can't have that. Okay? Seals, would you sign Davenport from New Orleans? I want to look more and want to know what the price tag is. Okay, I want to know more in the price tag. Franchise tag for CJ will be 14-4. Remember, I told you this. It'll be 14-4. Care what voiding anything does. He's going to command the top dollar. He's an unrestricted free agent. He does not have to sign with the Eagles. They have no control over him after March 15th. They have no control. 
zero. So again, 14-4 for CJ, 15 million for Reddick, Slays 18, that's 47. So you're going to get, if you're not going to get rid of Hardgrave, that's 16, 6. You got $75 million in five players wrapped up already in a $224 million signing or a $224 million roster. That's what the cap is going to be. You can restructure Lane Johnson and Slay's deal and maybe Goddard's deal and maybe Malata's deal as much as you want. Currently right now, hey, Tone, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Eagles are a million over the cap. Well, now that they've – well, they voided. It doesn't really matter. Well, it does because the new calendar year doesn't start until the 15th. So those guys are still Eagles until the 15th, technically. Technically. Okay. Jake Elliott restructuring. I think Jake Elliott makes too much money to be my kicker. He's really reliable, though. He's really reliable. By the way, so your guys are going to spend all this money, and once again, you're not going to address your special teams, which costs you um, potentially the Super Bowl. So you're not going to address that either. Is that right? You know, you want to address the defense, you want to address Hurts, but you're not going to address special teams because you don't have the money to. So you're going to be back in that boat again too, right? Why do you think he's walking, Sills? Because he's going to commit. Because here, because all of these guys for the Eagle. Here, let's do this. What's this? It's, it's, it's a great question, and it's a fair question. Tone said that the Eagles currently have about $10 million in cap space. Not bad. I guarantee you, if you take a look at the Cowboys, hey, how would you like to be the Bears? I think the Bears got $93 million in cap space. <laughs> I think it's something like insane like that. Or, or, or am, I, am I wrong, Tone? I think it's maybe 43 or some shit like that. Maybe it's 43 instead of But they got a boatload of money, man. Bears have a ton of cash, and they're going to be players big time. Um, here, Sanders, he's the, all the ones with that are starters. I put in highlight. Sanders had a career year. The question with him is going to be this: Is he a one-year wonder? That's a question. What hurts too. That's my question. What hurts? You're going to pay a guy $50 million off of one year. He wasn't very good his first year starting. But his improvement, the Bears have $92 million? <laughs> hey, hey, don't tell me that. Really? The Bears have $92 million? Boy, if I'm Justin Fields, I... $98 million. Wow, do they suck. Holy cow. So, so, like, you're going to pay a quarterback $50 million off of one year. 
Sanders, are you going to pay a running back off of one year? Right? Say Amalo is going to make a killing. He's going to make $14 million. He's going to make $14 million annually. And, and I'm uh, get this, and I'm undervaluing him. He could make 15. I think that guy's going to get $75 million. He started on the Eagle O-line. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He's got two NFC championship rings, and he's only 30. What do you think? He ain't coming back. They can't afford him. You're already paying your bookend tackles $40 million almost. And you think you're going to pay Sayamalo 15 to 16 million and your center 10? The Bears have the most cap space in the NFL. The next closest team is Atlanta with 55 million. That's a lot, too. That's a lot, too. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Hardgrave's going to get 16 million. Kaiser's going to make a good salary in the open market if they don't bring him back. Edwards is going to make a good salary in the open market. It's funny. So they want to get a head start on some of these guys and negotiating with them. That's what they're doing. They want to get a head start on it. They want to clear the books, get everything out of the way. And they want it. This is a way to cheat. I like it. I think it's gamesmanship and working the CBA. I, I had it explained to me. It gives the organizations a chance to negotiate now instead of waiting to free agency. That's why they've done this. And it gives them a chance to franchise tag somebody like Gardner Johnson. You're still not keeping all these guys. But you may, you may franchise tag C.J. Gardner. I think they're going. You know what? Hey, hey, Tone, what's the last guy they did that to was D-Jax? They did The last guy they did that to was Deshaun Jackson. I think they may do that with Gardner Johnson. Now, here, I'll ask you guys this question. You think Gardner Johnson – hey, hey, Tone, I want to double check. 14-4 on safeties. Um, is Gardner Johnson worth the franchise tag? Seals, would you mow? No, I'm not doing any of that. I, Jordan Davis has got to play defensive tackle for me. Seals, would you let Miles walk? I would. Trey Hunt's going to be a free agent. The Browns are either going to cut him or let him go. <laughs> right? Hey, KC, the Eagles, man, a lot of work to do, man. Wow. Do you, do you think C.J. Gardner is worth the franchise tag? I think he is. Because if I'm not mistaken, he's 26. Okay? He's 26 years old. He's a hitter. You could play him at corner, too. You could play him at slot safety. He's a great athlete. Okay, only thing I hate about the kid, he's a freaking gator. He's 24, man, I can't, that's, you see that right there, Razor, the reason he's going to command that money is right there, what you just said, he's 24, man, how does Mickey Loomis, you see, here's what happened 
with Gardner Johnson. What's the biggest mistake they made? The Saints. They made two, actually. The whole the whole quarterback thing with um, Jameis Winston. But here was the other one. They signed Honey Badger. They had to get rid of Gardner Johnson. He was the better player in the end. There's a decision. Once again, there's a decision right there that, that kills franchises. Dude, you're telling me the Saints wouldn't want that kid at $836,000 knowing full well? And, and, and get this, man, you cut Honey Badger right now. If I had that kid on my team versus Honey Badger, I'm cutting Honey Badger. Gets hurt too much and he's too pricey. Gardner Johnson is better. You know, this is what I told you about the whole Purdy thing. Okay? Financially, you've got to also look at that. Gardner Johnson is not going anywhere, and the Eagles will franchise tag him if they can't get a deal done via inside birds. I believe that. Seals, do you think Jalen Ramsey lands in Detroit? I think he could land in Minnesota. Atlanta. Carolina. I think he could land somewhere around there. Um, Sean, I think the dead cap money for uh, Slay is $26 million if they were to cut him. I think it's $26 million the dead cap money would hit. I think it's twenty six. Oh, Gannon. Gannon's going to make a play for Gardner Joe. Well, if they don't get a deal done. And remember something, if you franchise tag, what happens if you franchise tag someone and you want to make a deal for him? You have to give that team two ones. Okay, I mean, if the Eagles sign Gardner Johnson and you want him, you have to give the Eagles two first-round draft choices because he was because he he was he was tagged Steve Steve says this Hertz deal will be both team friendly and about 50 million per on average I could see a 7 to 10 million that's crazy man Dude, that sign-up bonus is low. Steve, seven years, hundred million. Um, I know guys who signed six-year deals get hundred fifty million guaranteed. That contract that Josh Allen just signed, I think it's six year with one fifty guaranteed. You're gonna have to up that guaranteed money. You're you're tying a lot of incentives and roster bonuses around his base. That kills teams with the base, Steve. That, that would that would that would hurt. That's not team friendly. Then I get what Steve. You're going by the old notion that if you leverage out the contract, that the back end of those deals usually don't work anyway. A lot of teams are doing this now, though. They're front ending the deals because how many deals do you see where a guy is out of shape? He's no good. 
And in the last year of his contract, he's Albert Pujols. You know what I'm saying? That's why most teams, they front-end it. So front-ending a deal with guys is more sense to me. You know why? Pay the guy what he's worth. And if you want to move off of him, it's not going to kill you when he's 32 or 33 or 34, and it's a $5 million cap hit. See, teams think they're saving money, but you're losing money in the back end, especially if you guarantee a lot of contracts. I, I, personally, for me, I'm front-ending my deals with roster bonuses and signing bonuses because I want that base salary in your three, four, and five of his contract. I want it, I want it to be cap-friendly, not cap-hell. Jesse goes, Sales, what do you think of the Eagles interviewing the Wisconsin defensive coach for the D.C. spot? He's got a great reputation. I think he's got some parcel blood in him. And I think he's worked with Bill before in the past, if I'm not mistaken. Miguel, thank you again. Thank all you guys for doing this too. Trade scenario, trade the 10th with the Bucks at 19 and get yeah, get the kid from Ohio State, use the trade capital to trade up from 30 to 24. I'm not drafting a running back. In the first round, I am not. I, I The kid from Texas is good, Miguel, but I'm not drafting a running back. No way. I would rather draft an edge rusher. Kid from Clemson. Replace Watkins and Miles. Man, I could get another guy in the open market to be an, my number three guy. I mean, I, I could get – I'll, I'll have a three. Okay? I could even draft a guy. I've got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I'm pretty good with that. I think Rex Ryan's getting that Denver job. I do. I think he's getting that Denver gig. Um, he wants desperately back in. One thing Rex is, I think Rex is a great defensive coordinator. I, I didn't think he was that shitty. I didn't think he was that shitty of an um, NFL head coach either. All right, let me take a timeout. Please hit the like button. Some other NFL news. I want to hit on it. And by the way, compensation picks. I just got a list here on if you guys do lose some of these players, Howie's going to have a ton of picks. He's going to have a ton of picks. All right, keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low-tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Tony Dungy says it's a risky proposition for the Eagles to give Jalen Hurts a lot of years on his contract. It's not about liking or hating the kid. It's about what's inevitable. By the way, real quick before I move on here, because I want to get to this other topic here. Somebody, somebody help me out. Another dig here at the NBA. So you NBA fans, you boo Kyrie Irving, but you cheer a pedophile in Carl Malone. Huh. Because the guy didn't get vaccinated, you boo Kyrie Irving. But the people in Utah cheer the guy who impregnated a 13-year-old girl. Huh. Interesting. Crazy, actually. I'm listening to people do that, and I'm like, you're cheering Carl Malone? Really? I mean, I don't know. Right? I mean, Kyrie Urban is really that much of a, a a guy you boo. By the way, who would have ever thought this? Kyrie Urban's the greatest player that Coach Shesky ever coached. <laughs> and I think, hey, hey, Tone, I think he only coached him for two games. 
I mean, right? I think he only coached him for two games. Kyrie Irving, I think he was a, like a, a, I think he was a Blue Devil for like a week, and then he went into the M, and then then he went into the NBA. I think it was a week. Hey, he oh, okay, he didn't play a minute. Okay, I thought he. I, I want to be correct here, though. He was a Blue Devil, though, right? He he was a Blue Devil. I thought he, I could have swore he was a Blue Devil. Right? Okay. Who gets their deal done first? Okay. Hertz. Burrow. Herbert. Or Tua. Who gets the deal done? He played 11 games. (laughs) <laughs> he missed 26 games. <laughs> he played 11 games as a Tar Heel. Well, I mean, as a, as a Blue Devil. Hey. <laughs> Jalen, Lamar, who gets the deal done? Burrow, Jalen. Justin Herbert, no way. The Spanos family, are you suggesting the Spanos family is going to cut a deal with Justin Herbert and be the first one to the table to set the market? I don't think so. I think the team, I, I for me, I, I, I get to the market, I get to the table right away and go like this to Jalen. Hey, Jalen, here's four years, 45 million, between 45 and 48. Here's a four-year deal. We want to work with you. We're going to make you, by the way, we're also going to make you privy to a lot of decisions that will impact you. And the negotiations, the way they're going now, we want to make you part of our, not only future, but our decision-making process. We, we, we want your input. That's how I would handle it. Okay. Hey, Dan, what are the, Eagles' chances of signing Jarvis Landry. I, 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 hey, for how much? Two million? Sure. Forty-five. That's what Danny Dimes. That's why the Giants. The Giants are going to. The Giants aren't giving Danny Dimes forty-five million dollars. They would walk out of the room. He's not, dude. That guy's not a thirty-five million dollar guy. He's not. He had a couple good games. He turned. Season around and get this. So, you want me to pay for a guy who had one half of a season where he was good in a playoff game? This is what I tell you. So, $45 million for that versus Jalen? See, this is what the Giants are going to do to Dimes Jones. Dude, Jalen played 17 weeks of great football. Okay. You paid, you played five. Okay, you paid you played five tops. No way am I doing that. <laughs> okay, no way. All right. Tone, I got the um everyone, I, I got the compensation list. Sanders is this is projections. Sanders will give you a sixth rounder additional. 
Say Amalo's going to give you another three. Fletcher Cox, there's going to be no compensation. Hardgrave, three. White, six. I'm looking at the list this agent gave me. Edwards, fifth rounder. Bradbury, three. CJ, three. So you could get out of this whole free agent period. Three, four third rounders. A sixth round, two sixth rounders and a fifth rounder. Well, one thing's going to be sure. You're either going to be very young or there's going to be a lot of free agents again on that football team. Okay? I mean, dude, can you imagine getting four? All these guys had career years in their free agent year. Say Amalo had a great year. He's going to – see, what it is is it, it's a percentage of what this player signs for. Like if they sign for top-end dollar, like Say Amalo and CJ could, then I think it goes as high as a third. And that's the top end. Third rounder for CJ, third rounder for Sayamalo, Hardgrave a third rounder, Bradbury. I think Bradbury's going to command big money. Dude, there's going to be a lot of compensation picks for um for the Eagles. There's going to be a ton of them here. Okay, there's 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 going to be a ton here. I'm looking at the list here. There's going to be a ton. Yeah, and I saw that. By the way, it looks like the Giants are probably going to franchise tag Daniel Jones. That'll be $32.4 million. They're looking at a three-year $40 million deal for Daniel Jones. I'd rather sign Jimmy Garoppolo at $25 million and keep Barkley. I'd, I'd rather go like this. Hey, shit, I'll tell you what. I may even bring up Derek Carr. I may want to look at that and go Derek Carr. I think I think Derek Carr is going to have a gigantic market. I think Carr is going to either be in one of the two New York cities or teams. I think he's going to be with the Saints. Um, I could see him potentially in Carolina. Shit, man. I wouldn't shock me Atlanta. Atlanta's got a ton of money. The Jones, Jimmy, give me Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Jimmy Garoppolo with what, what wait a minute here, Tone. Watch this. Jimmy Garoppolo with Barkley. Okay? Jimmy Garoppolo with Barkley. Because Garoppolo's only going to command 25 to 30 million. And that other money I could save to give Barkley is 10 or is 8.9 or whatever you want to do. And go get a wide receiver in the draft. They have no wideouts. Or bring up the Andre Hopkins. You could bring watch this. You bring up Hopkins. And have Barkley and Garoppolo in New York with their defense. Plus, they're pretty good with the cap right now. I don't know. The Giants could be a player. I'm not saying they're, you know, I say this to you the Giants were the Eagles of a year ago. Okay. They were like the they were like the Eagles a year ago. Yeah, the Giants have 40 million plus in cap space. They're gonna be, you could go sign DeAndre Hopkins. They need wideouts. I couldn't even tell you who the wideouts were that played against the Eagles in all three games. 
Letting Quez walk. Are you kidding me, man? I, I'm surprised Quez Watkins and Miles Sanders aren't still walking back from Glendale. <laughs> I'll bet those guys played. Dude, this is going to be a lot of fun, man. This is like Monopoly. The Eagles are going to be the Eagles are going to be front page news every single week because of the moves they have to make. Plus the draft picks in April. Plus the combines are like in seven days. Okay, so where do you go? DT, cornerback, edge rusher. Depends on what you're missing. I think they're going to go corner too. I'm with you. Man, a lot of great stuff. By the way, Tony Dungy was on with us earlier. We appreciate Coach coming aboard with us. Please check it out on the Jacob Sports. Tomorrow, Seth Joyner at 3.30. On Wednesday at 4 p.m., the head football coach of the Carolina Panthers, Frank Wright, is going to join us as well. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. See you tomorrow going three to six. Tone, awesome. Xander, thank you. We shall catch you on the flip side. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa Associates. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.